I'm Dean Newland, and welcome to the Business of Intuition, where I coach, facilitate, train, and speak on the hard science and meaningful experience of intuitive leadership in business, so you can make better decisions, forge real connections, and creatively solve problems to amplify your impact and simplify your life. Welcome to the Business of Intuition. Whether your business is brand new, has been around for a while, is small or large, nonprofit or publicly traded Fortune 500, referrals are your lifeblood. They lead to new and repeat sales and can help you scale. However, a lot of people misunderstand what referrals really are. We seem to find ourselves wanting to ask for them, but in the very process of doing so, we repel people. Referrals actually are the least understood least utilized, and can be, hands down, the best tactic in your sales and marketing business development toolkit. Well, my next guest on the business intuition is an expert and has specialized in this whole area around referrals. Stacy Brown Randall is the multiple award-winning author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast, and a national speaker. Stacy teaches business owners how to generate referrals naturally without manipulating, incentivizing, or even asking. Stacy has been featured in national publications like Entrepreneurial Magazine, Investor Business Daily, Forbes, and many more. She received her master's in organizational communication and is married with three kids. Stacy Brown Randall on the Business of Intuition. Well, Stacy, it's nice having you on the show, and I just uh, am delighted that you're here to share some of your tips and your experience. I was thinking about when I first started coaching 30, gosh, oh my gosh, 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> that went by really, really fast. Um, back in those days, I was working with entrepreneurs and small business owners and people who had a passion for something. It could be any number of things, but that's what they wanted to do was to do what they loved to do. But then they found out that running the business was a lot more difficult than they thought, that they had to put on roles of marketer and accountant and toilet bowl cleaner and all of that stuff in those early years to be able to make the business get past those initial stages of growth. And a lot of them just didn't do it. But one of the things that people struggled with a lot was around sales and especially you know, getting referrals and, and making that happen on a regular basis. And so I'm fascinated by your topic today about getting referrals without asking. Tell us how you do that. What's that all about? Because you normally think that you can't get what you don't ask for. So how do you get a referral when you don't go back to a client that might love you and say, um, would you mind giving me a couple of referrals? I mean, how do you do that naturally? How do you make it more streamlined? Unpack that for me. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing I always tell folks that we have to start with to understand the science behind referrals and understanding the science behind how we go about generating referrals, what we like to call naturally, right? So it's without manipulating, it's without incentivizing, and of course, it's without even asking. But there's a science behind how referrals work. And that's the place we kind of have to start. And so the first thing people think about referrals is they think, because we've been beat over the head for decades and decades and decades, if you want a referral, go ask for it, 
offer to pay for it or network and know a thousand people so that you'll be in the right place at the right time for referrals to happen. And all of that sounds painful and exhausting and expensive, all right, all together. But the idea behind a referral is really unpacking and reverse engineering what's happening when a referral is happening. So the way that I like to describe this is, is referrals aren't about you. So if your strategy is about you, when it comes to how you're going to try to get referrals, you, you've already killed it, right? You've already kind of shortchanged it from the very beginning because a referral arriving in your business isn't actually about you. So let me unpack that. Think about the last time you referred someone to a solution provider, right? To some kind of service provider, to somebody to solve someone's problem, right? I'm guessing, Dean, more than likely you did it because you were trying to help the person who has a problem. You're like, oh, it's not working with your CPA. I know the perfect person for you. Oh, you need an intellectual property attorney? I know exactly who you need to talk to, right? Referrals happen in the way that we want them to, where the person shows up and they're like, I'm a prospect. I've got a problem. I've been told you can solve it, right? When they show up like that, it's because they've been referred by someone who understands the problem that they have and has decided that you're the person to solve it. So if we're constantly asking people for referrals, we're not like helping them understand and have the relationship with them where they remember to refer us. The trigger becomes me constantly asking. And if that's off-putting to me, then I'm going to stop talking to you because if all you're ever doing is asking, I'm waiting for it and I know it's coming. So the idea behind the methodology that I teach really looks at the science behind what's triggering referrals to happen in the first place. And number one is it's not about you. It's about the referral source who knows someone who has a problem. And they're like, oh, I know how to be a hero. I know how to help you solve your problem. And I'm going to refer you to Dean because he can solve your problem for you. It's all about the referral source and them being the hero, not about you getting a new client. So right there, like before we even unpack the rest of the science, that first piece of it, of understanding this, it's, you got to flip how you even think about referrals to begin with. Let me ask you, maybe you can use me as a guinea pig. Okay. So true story, we're at this now for 30 years. We've never really done anything with referrals. We've never actively sought them out. We just have hired a marketing company and they've been working with us. And they ask us all the time, how do you get business? And it's like 99.9% of the time we get business through referrals. We don't advertise. We are not asking for referrals. They just come to us. And we've been very fortunate, you know, and grateful for that. What am I doing? What are we doing that has caused these referrals to organically happen? And maybe that's the first question. But again, the second question is if we wanted to scale that, you know, maybe where it's a little bit more predictable, because this stuff happens without me knowing it. I get a phone call, a text, all of a sudden, something happens, right? I'm not doing anything consciously that says these number of things that I do will create this sort of result. It's just sort of through relationships and helping people out and it always comes back. But tell me what we're doing that seems to be working based on what your science is talking about. Yeah, so I don't know exactly everything you're doing, but you said two key words that kind of clues me in that you're what you're doing, obviously, because you're getting the results is that it's working is that you said relationships and helping people out. It's and always so, about that. Yeah. Right. You would be surprised how much we know that. And then how actually little we execute on it when we get busy in the day-to-day busyness 
of running a business, right? When we're cleaning the toilets and trying to do the sales, right? And trying to do the bookkeeping, as you were talking about earlier. And so what business owners need is a strategy that says, do this, and then you do this, and then you do this, and you say this, and you're doing it for these people so that there's, there's a better chance, let's be honest, there's a better chance of the execution actually happening. What I teach isn't rocket science, but it is a little bit of science mixed in with common sense and always being genuine and putting the heart of a relationship first and foremost. So when I think about like, okay, in the basic level, probably what you're doing is you're following into a few key areas when it comes to being able to generate referrals. Number one, you're probably saying thank you when somebody refers you. Yeah. Right. Again, not rocket science, but do you know how many people I talk to and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't rethink people when they refer me. I'm like, I know. And they don't. And and then they they make themselves feel a little bit better. Like, well, I texted them or I emailed them and said, thanks. And I'm like, "Uh, uh uh-huh, which that thank you is typically forgotten. And sometimes I have had people say, maybe they texted me, right? Maybe they emailed me. I don't remember. That's just more noise on my phone or in my inbox. And the reality of it is, is the thank you I want you doing is the handwritten thank you note. That doesn't mean you're probably doing that every single time, but I'm guessing you probably have some type of gratitude practice that's happening in how you say thank you when people refer people to you. So number one comes down to it's the relationship that you have, and it's the ability to thank when referrals are received. Of course, I should probably start it with this. This is all based on the fact though that you do good work. Nobody refers crappy work. And nobody refers choppy work. So Mm -hmm. I probably should have started with the baseline here is that you're good at what you do and people recognize that. My guess is throughout your client experience, you probably have also, without even knowing it, woven in some of the key pieces that we teach regarding making that client experience referable so that there's actually moments when people are like, wow, I just didn't expect that. And then the referrals are starting to happen. Now there's ways that you can like work that, right? But you're just, thinking of it and doing it probably naturally because it's probably a little bit of just how you're built, right? So there is the, I do great work. You have a referable client experience. You're worthy and deserve those referrals. You have a follow-up thank you process of actually thanking people for the referrals that they've sent you. And then without even knowing it, you probably also have what we kind of reference as our behavioral economics and social network, the science of social networks, in terms of how you take care of those referral sources so that they continue to refer. So I would teach like a strategy, you know, it's like five, six or seven outreaches in a year to those referral sources that you've identified. Here's what you do. Here's what you say, but it's all customized to you and it's genuine. My guess is you're probably just doing those things without actually realizing that there's a strategy behind it. And it, you know, and everyone's most of the time people are like, but the, what do I need to do? I'm like, well, the same way you figured out what your outreaches to your referral sources so you don't go nine months without talking to them, right? It's either happening because they're clients or because you actually are thinking about them when they're no longer clients or they're centers of influence and never were clients. You're thinking about them and you're executing on developing and nurturing and deepening that relationship. And that mm-hmm. really is the strategy. Like it's not, we, we say our secret sauce is the what you do and the how and the what you say, but mm-hmm. overall, this is taking care of the people who take care of your business. I mean, it's pretty simple when you think about it in that way. All right. So let me repeat what I hear you say. You've got to be really good at what you do. 
when you do get a refer, I guess you said something about a referable experience. Could you say a little bit more about that? And then I'm going to refer back to the list of things that I'm writing down here. But what's a referable experience like? Okay, so here's the thing. Every business has a client experience. Whether you're intentional about it or not, your clients experience emotions, feelings, right? That build or don't build loyalty to you and your business. So we all have a client experience. The question is building a referable one means that you are building an experience that make people want to talk about you, that make people want to share you. It's in the work that you do. It's in the relationship that you build with your clients as you're going through that experience. Then there's also key moments within the different stages that a client is in where you can also be weaving in some what we call referral seeds. That's the term for our language where you're actually weaving in referral seeds. So you're kind of like subconsciously planting that whole idea, but you're weaving into your referable client experience. You're weaving in those moments of the idea of referrals. And so it's not like you're like, hey, and I would love your referrals because we never do a direct ask, right? We, the way that we teach that referable client experience is do the things that will actually get you the, the referrals, right? Do the great work, deepen the relationship. But then there's usually moments within your client experience, right? When those conversations come up and we teach how to pay attention to those moments, like somebody who seems really well-connected, right? What are the things that can happen that you can help nurture referrals from that person? And what does that conversation and that relationship start to look like? But it all starts from, we want the response from our clients. Wow, I just didn't expect that from my insert attorney, interior mm. designer, financial advisor, marketing consultant, whatever it is. Like it's not average. It's above average and it's doing the right work along with building the right relationship. Get it. Yeah, I always thought that a great industry that would really just tear it up. I mean, if I were to do something over again and I had a passion for it, which I don't, would be something in the trades like construction. Like <laughs> we just have so many experiences where we hire somebody to do some sort of remodel on our house and they don't show up. I thought, God, if you could just get that experience down, I would refer everybody to you, but I can't because it, you know. All right. So I, I like what you're saying. It sounds like there's a lot that kind of goes around just really being good at what you do, developing those relationships, not asking directly for the referral, handwritten notes as a thank you, or taking care of those referral sources even afterwards, and even knowing who they are. Because we, we've thought about that in our company, like, who are our referral sources? And you kind of go, oh, yeah, um, we should probably do even more to support you know that relationship. I think this is really good. What do you do when you're brand new in a business and you don't really have anybody that can be a referral source? You're you're sort of going on your grit, and and every person is a potential owner of a, uh, a, a book of business for you. I mean, how do you start off if you are starting off to build up this this sort of network that becomes your referral sources? Yeah. So I always tell folks, you know, in that first and second year of business, there is a lot of pounding the pavement, whatever pounding the pavement looks like for you, right? Mm. Whether it's networking, whether it's going to be ads, whatever it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of different things that you're going to be testing and trying, trying to figure out what's going to bring in prospects to your business. I think all that is good. I mean, hopefully you're not doing like 15 things and you're running around like a crazy person. I definitely right. know those, those days, right? But the idea is, is I teach a strategy on how to develop potential referral sources. So these are the people that you wish would refer you. And in the very beginning, mm. they're probably not clients because you probably don't have any clients. But for a lot of people, they are clients, but they're also centers of influence. 
And so I always tell folks, like when you're going into the seventh million cup of coffee that you have had that day with one more meeting, right? You have to decide. You have to go in with a prospecting mentality and being like, I want this person to hire me and become a client. Or you're going to go in with the mentality of, I want this person to just adore me and want to help me and wants to become a referral source for me. And this, the tactic that you take in either of those two meetings are vastly different, right? If you're having a conversation with a prospect or someone you think maybe has the potential, has the pain, right, to do business with you, you're going to have a whole sequence of different questions that you ask to figure out if they even need what you do, right? On the referral source side, you're not going to talk about you, which is the hardest thing for people to wrap their minds around. They're like, how can they refer me if they don't know what I do? I'm like, because they don't care yet what you do. Right. So if they don't care yet what you do, they're never thinking of referring you. And so you have to, if you go into those networking meetings or those conversations and you're like, I really would love this person to refer me. They are in these four, they're in these four really big groups. They know everybody in town or they're really well connected in this space, right? In the industry, I would love for them to refer me. Then go in and make it all about them. And that's actually the process that we teach. We teach this first conversation running five process that has a follow-up keeping warm. And all the things that you're doing is about them, learning about them, understanding them, figuring out how you can help them. Because until you can actually impact how they feel about you and be like, wow, Dean's different. He actually cares. He actually follows up. He actually doesn't talk about himself and he lets me talk about myself, right? I mean, these aren't like necessarily conscious thoughts they're having, but they're running through their heads. Then they start paying attention more to you. Then they actually are interested in learning a little bit more about you. Um, And that's where you can use the good side of reciprocity. A lot of people in referrals use the evil side, my personal opinion, is they use the evil side of reciprocity. Oh, you've had this great experience. Now you owe me something, Mm. right? When you use the good side of reciprocity, it's like when you're taking care of them and you're learning about them and you're willing to do that, not just in one meeting, right? But you're willing to have some follow-up that allows them to know that you do care and you are different. And I should probably just pause and say, and that has to be genuine. Like if you're faking this stuff, everybody knows it. And so you have to be willing to go slower to build up the referral part of your business when you're first getting started, if you don't have any referral sources, but the back end of that's going to be amazing because you'll have taken the time to build those relationships, but you've got to make it all about them because until you can impact how they feel about you, you certainly can't direct how they think about you. And so it wouldn't matter with any of the strategies that I teach if you don't actually have people who are like, yeah, I actually, now tell me again what it is that you do, right? And actually is Mm. open to the things that I would teach you to say from a referral perspective, but it all comes down to putting them first. I like the fact that you have chosen a very specific angle in your business where I don't see most people doing. They often are all things for all people, for all needs at all times and they get diluted. You've got a a very specific, narrow focus, and I think that's a great benefit for you and those that work with you. Why, however, did you choose this? What was the the, the light bulb that went, oh, this is my angle. This is my wedge into so many other things. It's a a great angle. Don't get me wrong. I think it's wonderful. But, you know, of all the things that one could have chosen to focus on and to create a podcast around and so forth, why this? What was it that got you going into this direction that, but what was the big aha, the lesson learned that made you think, ah, that, that I should probably focus more on? 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. You really have to love the topic. If to your point, you're going to create a podcast and I'm four years into mine. So that's a ton of content. That's a huge accomplishment. What are you like over 200? Yeah, I think we have, um, well, I'm batched through 219. I guess that's all of August. Good for but, you. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a big commitment. You can, is it once a week that you have it? Yeah, every, that's every a Tuesday. Lot. It is. And I've never missed a Tuesday, which I can't actually say I think I've been, like, I've never been as committed to exercise, right? Or being probably being an awesome parent or awesome wife as I am to my podcast. But that is a commitment. And then, you know, I have a book out too. So it was like also having, like writing a book about it. You've got to love the topic. But if you would have told me almost 10 years ago that at some point, Stacey, you're going to teach people how to get referrals and you're going to be a contrarian and you're going to be different and it's going to work and it's going to be amazing and your clients are going to have great success. I would have been like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And it all happened for me when my first business failed. So I had an HR human resource consulting firm that I had for four years. It did not make it to the five-year mark. It made it just over four years before I found myself back in corporate America and licking my wounds and dealing with my very, very bruised ego and figuring out why are other people successful and I am not. Like the Enneagram 3 overachiever in me was not Oh, you're the 3. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. My overachiever was not very happy with me. And I was figuring out what was I doing wrong? And I realized that business development was, a, as everybody knows, but then doing it is a little bit different. But I had to figure out how to do business development in an ongoing way that would work for me. And at that time, our growing family and the life that I ultimately wanted. And so I started paying attention to referrals. And I was like, wait, yeah, referrals. That's a great way to grow your business. I want to get some of those. Well, how many did I get in my HR consulting firm? Zero. None. Mm. I went back and I looked at where my four years of clients came from. And it was always, it seemed to be being at the right place at the right time which just means I was at all the places all the time, uh, Mm -hmm. which is an exhausting way to build a business. And so I was like, okay, great. So obviously I know nothing about referrals because I didn't get any. I mean, the first referral my failed business got came two years after I'd already shut it down. And I was actually building this business that I'm in now. So it's pretty sad when you think about it. And so I started my second business after having to go to a stint in corporate America. I started my second business And it was a productivity and business coaching practice. And it was on sheer necessity. I've got to figure out how to grow this business. I can't do it by being, you know, president of all the different associations and constantly on committees and constantly networking. And how many rubber chicken dinners can I eat at night or coffee meetings can I go to in the morning? I was like, I've got to figure out another way. Referrals sounds awesome. So like everybody else, I'm like, great, Google, tell me what I need to know about referrals. And then I'm hit with a, well, here's 25 ways to ask for a referral without looking desperate. And I'm like, if you need 25 ways to not look desperate, that's because you look desperate. And I started <laughs> paying attention to like the how the, the tactics were being taught. I'm like, this is awful. And so I started talking to folks. I'm like, do you pay for your referrals? Do you ask for your referrals? And they're like, no, they tell you you have to, but I just let it happen. Like I've decided to let it be a hope strategy. I'm like, well, that's not good. And so I like to reverse engineer things. So I literally was throwing spaghetti on the wall my first year as a productivity and business coach, trying to figure out what was triggering referrals to happen in my business. I got 112 referrals that first year as a business coach that I didn't ask for. And it was at that moment, coaching other small business owners that they said, wait, you're growing, you're raising your rates, and now you coach two days a week, not four days a week, and it's impossible to get on your calendar. What's happening? And I'm like, supply and demand. (laughs) Like, it's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. And so they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just getting all these referrals. And they're like, okay, 
Thanks for teaching us how to be better business owners and be more productive with our inboxes. But I really like to learn your referral strategies. So I started teaching it one-on-one. And I'll be honest, in the very beginning, I was like, oh, is it based on my personality? Is it based on the fact that I am an outgoing, right, kind of like energetic person? Is it based on the fact of what I'm doing? I'm a business and productivity coach, like that I have a really big network. Like, is that what's making it successful? And the second person I taught it to was an introverted attorney. And she couldn't have been more opposite of me other than she is as lovely to talk to as I like to think I am. And I was like, okay, no, wait, this isn't based on personality or industry. And then as I started teaching the strategy, I then had to refine it. And as I refined it, I started realizing what was really working and what wasn't. And those first, you know, hundred or so clients that I did one-on-one coaching with, I was like, yeah, I'm totally onto something here. And a business lesson I had for my first business failure was you must scale or you will hit a glass ceiling because there's only so many hours for dollars in the day. And so So because I gone from consulting, right? I gone from consulting to coaching. So I knew what it looked like. And I was like, this is what I can scale. So we started doing workshops. I started teaching it in workshop settings. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready for an online program. And then we built the online program in 2015. And we're in 11 or 12 different countries all around the world, teaching business owners this strategy. And it is different. And so definitely it takes the right mindset of a person to have success with it, but it really all came from, I cannot be a second time member of the business failure club. I have my badge. I don't want to join again. (laughs) I don't need to be the president. I need to be successful. And so that sheer necessity built this business and, you know, it's that business failure was so painful, but I am so very grateful for it because it's, you know, it's, it's what taught me all the lessons I needed to learn. I think God was just kind of like, you're not going to learn these lessons on your own. I'm going to have to hit you over the head and make yeah. you learn them. Yeah. And so it was, I mean, it was a beautiful thing, right? That came out of a pretty horrible experience, but it really is exactly what I'm doing today is teaching people this strategy because I want to help anyone avoid business failure because it is terrible and nobody needs that t-shirt. Well, it's a great story and it makes you very credible. You know, you're not just an academic who just, who picked up a couple of books and created a process and then started teaching on it, which people do and they can be successful at it. But you actually have boots on the ground, real world experience about what it's like to be successful and not. I think it's great. Have you ever watched the movie, by the way, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Oh, I, you know, I've heard people tell me I need to watch that, but I haven't. You have to watch this. <laughs> okay. So it's a David Mamet. David Mamet, it was actually a play. So there's a long, long story. David Mamet actually went to my college long before I ever went there. And he became a whirly big time playwright and then also a director, a Hollywood director. But Glengarry Glenn Ross is classic. It's a classic sales movie. And it's all about getting the leads, getting the referrals, and you have to pay for them, right? And it's yes. just, it's great writing and it's, it's going to make you cringe. It's the old school, the <laughs> worst paradigm. It's the opposite of what you're trying to do. And that's where you might find some contrast to be able to share with people in your, in your training, because it's, it's great. You'll love it. Is that, where, it. is that where always be closing came from? Oh, oh yeah. And I don't know whether it's, you know, there's um, Jack Lemmon is, is in there. Yeah. Okay. It's some great stars. It's. <laughs> It's pathetic. It's wonderful. It's awful. It's gut wrenching, but it's good writing. You'll you'll love it or hate it. I don't know. <laughs> I well, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, you got to check it out. So, Stacy, great stuff. So, how can people follow you? You mentioned this online course. Just as we sort of close off here, what can we do to sort of learn more about what you're doing and will be doing? Yeah. So. 
I like to put everything on the website because I think people can then go to it and be like, oh, look, nothing's hidden. Like everything's there that explains the methodology, how I created it, what it's all about, like what the scientific principles are around it. And then it talks about my programs. So I do have multiple online programs that teach individual referral strategies, depending on where you are in business. But some people are like, yeah, but I want to work with you. So I have a group coaching experience called Building a Referrable Business as well. So there's something for everyone, something for every budget, but it's at stacybrownrandall.com. And if you don't land there, you probably spelled Stacy wrong. And Stacy has an E, but it's yep. stacybrownrandall.com. And you'll be able to find the podcast on there. You'll find articles where you can buy the book, which is available wherever books are sold. It's generating business referrals without asking. We have more content. Sometimes I'm like, I have more content than I know what to do with. So there's you know a place to start would really just be like, listen to a couple podcast episodes or grab the book if you're a reader and not a podcast listener. Um, But there is lots of uh, free information on our website to help you figure out, hey, do I want to go on this journey? And then what's my starting point with how I work with clients for people to understand where is the best place for them to start? Yeah, it's a nice website. I just was poking around a little bit as you were talking. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Stacey, um, maybe I will refer some business your way. It's good stuff here. I really appreciate your, your your knowledge and your background. And this has been fascinating. It's something that I'm going to take to heart and um, you know work on as well. But thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Business of Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Dean, or Mission Facilitators Leadership, go to mfileadership.com. That's mfileadership.com.